and we're back already. It is episode 21. We are recording as promised. Um, it is Tuesday after following the last episode. Um, so this will be out in your feed on uh, the usual Friday. So you're in for a little bit of a treat. Um, so we are on to one of our hobby chat episodes. Um, so for this one, I am joined by Ian. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Matthew. All good. Excellent. Excellent. Anything exciting happened to you um, since we spoke to you last week? No, don't think so. Literally nothing. How are you feeling? Feeling any better? No, you were suffering from a bit of a cold. Uh, you know, persevering. Persevering. Yeah, persevering. You've not yeah. said tidy yet. Yeah. So that's a good thing. So you must be getting better. Getting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it's, yeah, it's all good. All good. good. No drama. Excellent. Yeah. That's what I like. Living the dream. That's what I like to hear. Um, and for this episode, we are joined finally by um, Steve Foot himself. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. It's been one of those that's kind of been toing and froing a little bit, hasn't it? And we, we finally, the, the Skype magic has managed to work, and here we are. Yeah, our two spheres have been out of alignment, but we've got, finally got here. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great to have you on. And I think we've both mentioned this. We mentioned it last episode as well. You know, we don't want to earmark you as the narrative guy, because there's a lot more going on with you than just that. So it's, it's awesome to get you on. And I think we're going to have some really good feedback. It's quite an interesting time to kind of talk, because I don't know about you, but I'm just starting to brew my ideas for, for South Coast next year. I don't know if you're you're actually attending. You you planning on going along? It should be. It's not definite yet. I need to arrange some other dates around it. But uh, but yeah, I, I think I think we can call it. It's the uh, the lull before the new season mm. of of hobbiness. Yeah, for sure, definitely. It's that kind of time of kind of getting the juices going, kind of getting the getting the pads and paper out, putting the initial designs down, and looking at material costs, which is always the end. <laughs> oh yeah, I've it's, already done that. We'll get into it in a bit, but yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. We, these these ideas do cost money, which is. Uh, it does it does you, you you can get away with some things but then you'll design yourself into a corner and you just kind of go it has to be perspex i have to yeah there's no other way around it yeah and yeah. that's another 20 quid and a 30 quid there and it just escalates yeah no it's crazy it's crazy and um, before we get into kind of the the main meat of the the, the hobby episode i just wanted to see ian you've kind of been You've 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 had some things on the burner since the last episode. I hear that um, you know the painting up that Skaven's having a, a severe effect on you. It is, yeah. So just about finished the Shades by a Warband. I'm doing just on the middle of doing the bases at the moment for the five of them. Okay. But it's also um, it's triggered the desire to do Squire quite a lot. So it's. Um, been planning conversions for various things and looking through the 40k range the adeptus titanicus range the horace heresy range looking for bits <laughs> wow and um <laughs> looking for the necromunda bits um and it's all trying to work out the i got an idea of how to do the warp lightning cannon yeah which is going to be um i don't want to go into too much detail yet because it might change but it involves about 150 to 200 pounds worth of kits to do it. <laughs> sounds, sounds worth uh, it. Um, so, yeah, so it's um, it's going to be interesting, I think, because it's going to be, I think it's going to look cool at the end, though, when that's the main thing. Um, well, if you're spending 150 to 200 pounds on a model, I feel like you it should be cool, mate, otherwise 
yeah, you've just done yourself yeah. a disservice. I, Talking about expensive projects. Yeah, if I if it doesn't look good at the end of it, I fucked up royally. <laughs> yeah, so that's on the back. But I've got the ideas for the Gisales, um or the, as, as Paul Buckler would pronounce it, Gisales. Gisales. <laughs> um, got ideas for the um, the Storm Fiends. They're going to be um, spliced together with some forty k bits. Got some ideas for the the Doom Wheel and some of the weapons teams as well. Ooh. So it's all kind of... Come on, it teases yeah. a little bit. You've, you've mentioned the ones I'm interested in there, uh, Giselles, have always been, well, most certainly with early AOS, there were people definitely trying to do some initial conversions on them. So what's your initial thought on them? Right, so I'm going to... It's going to be similar to those who haven't seen. If you look back at my Twitter timeline, I did some acolytes a while ago. Yeah. Um, involving the Electro Priest lower half coupled with the Storm Vermin top half. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be on a similar theme to that. But the um, the guy who normally holds the shield is going to be um, got to have a force field projector. Okay. Um, Whoa, nice. um, like powered necro- by a... Like the Necromunda one? Yeah, using the, nec- these, the Vansar Necromunda... Clear plastic shields um, somehow managed to make them green instead of blue. Probably just glazed it should work. Or your um, favourite technical paints? Yeah, quite possibly. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm slowly learning to love those. Um, so that's no one else's. Be... So fair play. Uh, yeah. Um. So, listeners, what I will say is, if you want to donate your technical paints um, to us, we will <laughs> gladly pass them on to Ian. Um, drop us an email at propatespodcast at gmail dot com, and we'll we'll get them over to Ian because we know that you're not going to use them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the essentially it's going to be the the Jadeals are going to be little uh, warp lightning cannons. Okay. So I'm going to do the warp lightning cannon first and, and base the Giseos off that. Right. Um, I think they're going to involve the plasma guns and then change the end and combine it with um, the end of the D cannon from the Wraith Guard and then put warp <laughs> stone bits instead of the um, the D cannon like um, end. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be cool. <laughs> in my in, cool. in my in my head, it's going to look <laughs> awesome. Uh, but to actually get it, cause it, it does sound a bit weird when I um, say it out loud. And because <laughs> because, because it's because it's Skaven, um, you're doing it too techy, so I'm going to have to incorporate a load of wood <laughs> somehow. So it's going to be sort of like all this real um, advanced technology, but held together with bits of wood and rope. So yeah, Eight. so it's going to be. So how yeah. many how many are you looking to do then, Ian? Because I think there's only two shields per box, isn't there, in the Vanguard? Uh, you can buy them from Forge World as an upgrade kit. Ah. It's got, it comes it comes with four. Um, right. So I was going to do a team of three, I think. Um, but I'm going to, it's going to be a very much a um, little boys army slash Matt Clark army, one of everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, there can only yeah, so, be one. <laughs> so, but they've got the. And the idea of, yeah, it's going to be very, yeah, it's going to be cool. And it's going to, yeah. So, so here's, here's, a question, here's a question for you, Ian. When you come to do these sort of projects, do you start with a 2K list? Do you start with what you want to make? 
or do you, which which has to compromise? I've written a 2K list. Wow. And um, trying to, because I need the, I'm, I'm trying to get the ideas to fill the list. Sure. And because it's been percolating for about a year now, um, the ideas are coming together. But it's, it's not, none of them are complete ideas. So I'm going to start with, probably I'm going to start with the warp lightning cannon because that's the one I got the clearest vision of what it's going to look like. Um, and then everything's going to be based around that because I've got ideas for the, um, it's going to be the, the can't remember what they call it now, the Archbark Voltic Battalion, yeah. which is the, the Warlock and the um, Warp Lightning Cannons and the Flame one, the Gout, I can't remember, warp the Scorch. Oh, it's, sorry. Yeah, it's, the one, yeah. it's the one with the Warp Fire Throwers. They come up from the ground and shoot people um, with the Storm Fiends and bits and bobs. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I've written the list. Um, so it's all Scryer apart from a Vermin Lord as well, which is going to be a um, a bit like a Dread Knight, but it's going to be piloted by a Gracia. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's kind of it. Um, so I'm going to I plan on using the the Gracia from the Screaming Bell, and then mimic the pose of the what he's in to mimic what he's, he looks like so it's going to be in a similar pose but um on a bigger scale and full of um wood and warpstone powered me- me- mechanisms and all sorts of weird shit he's that really windswept kind of dynamic dude isn't he the one on the yeah yeah, yeah so he's he's the one that um he's got he's the staff held out to his side yeah, and he's kind of one foot slower than the other because he's standing on the bell normally. Yeah, so it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, plenty, plenty of ideas. So I've got just two screaming to, uh... bells just sat on a shelf, literally not doing anything. So any screaming bells at any point, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to buy you one to cut it up just for the rocks. Well, so. I can br- I can bring one to Man Feast for you at the weekend. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome, brilliant. And um, Steve, um, having played him at, at um, it was the first time I saw the army as well. Having played you at Raw, uh, obviously you are a, a budding Skyer player yourself. Yes, yeah. Um, they kind of came around about from the beginning of the year, and that uh, I, I, I kind of wanted something that was initially I made it to be a bit more competitive, so Storm Fiends. Mm. But, but just got sucked in by how cool they are and the the opportunities that Skaven always have of rolling sixes, all the all the random stuff. Yeah. If all the, if all the random stuff goes off, you destroy the world and it's fantastic. Um, so I, so I, I get sucked into that, which is why I've got lots of Doom Wheels and all those sort of things, which you know generally don't work for their points if you're looking to be efficient. Um, Especially if you, you know, more and more everything and suddenly you give the other player a, you know, a 48 inch charge to move your own doom wheel around. But I think, I think it, um, I think they've just got so much character in the model, so much character in the rules. It's one of those nice pieces of design where the madness of the models comes through in how they play. So, yeah, I've ended up playing them a lot more than I imagined I would. 
Yeah, it's definitely the case with Skaven in general, and it's one of those it's one of those armies where it's almost a shame you don't see them um, as much as you do because there are so many modeling opportunities. There are so many, and like you say, the rules themselves are very flavorful um, and can be good and bad in kind of equal measure. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But you've you, you say Doom Wheels, but you've got you've got an abomination in the Doom Wheel, which I thought was just brilliant. I absolutely loved that. Yeah, no, and, and that was just me challenging myself to have like scale through an army. For me, fantasy armies are about scale, about having the little guys, the the grunts, the the rats, the the human dudes, and then going through the scale of the machines or the monsters or the beasts or the demons, um, and it just that just takes them away from being historical they 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 just become um these these fantastic things so yeah the the a bomb in the doom wheel in the massive doom wheel with a what line it can on either side but even down to taking it down to um the old metal uh doom wheel which had the yeah. the dude riding on the top mm-hmm. just just done a version like a mono wheel almost yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. Um, but I've done a version where my arch warlock gets to to drive that, but I just take the 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 wrap from the normal doom well and he just about fits in that metal with a bit of trimming. It just about fits in there. So with a bit of shenanigans, I've got this little personal doom wheel that he can roll around in. Okay, I'm fudging the rules for it, but you kind of get that you know small, middle, large feel to it. I, I, Compromises, of course, that you get this amazing-looking massive model that you're just saying it's acting as an A-bomb, and everyone looks at it and goes, oh, my God, that's it. Hear it. Fire, shoot it, kill it, burn it with fire. Um, and, of course, it just falls over because it's still just a, just an A-bomb and there's yeah. nothing more else to it. But, uh, again, it's, it's for me, that's the fun and the spectacle of it as much as anything else. Yeah, definitely. And it's something, like you say, you know, building scale and varieties into an army just for the visual effects is brilliant. And you've got um, you've got the Doom Flares in there as well, haven't you, which kind of helps with that um, that kind of rise in, rise in scale. Um, yeah, I loved that. I thought it was brilliant. Re- really, really cool to see it raw. And we'll get on to our game. I want to touch on our game just a little bit because I think it's an int- interesting one to mention. Sure. Um, my hobby, um, it's only been a week, it's been a little bit on the quiet side. Um, however, I have been plugging away, building my Daughters of Cain army. So fewer of you are probably going to be kind of raising your eyebrows. Oh, he's going on, he's going on the Filth army again. He's gone from Zinch, which were good. And, you know, he's moving on to, to Disciples of, uh, sorry, not Disciples, uh, Daughters of Cain. Um, but this is my initial, well, there's actually, I've actually got two things on the go really which is quite cool we've got um we mentioned um the the concept of highlander so for those who haven't come across it's the idea of having a list where you have no more than one of everything so for example you know daughters of cane list you might see two units of 30 witch elves three units of 30 witch elves um but instead you'd be restricted to one um and our friend of ours matt clark who's famously i think i think every army comes out and he must go straight onto the online stores and go i'll have one of those one of those, one of those, one of those, one of those. He buys one of everything, plays the army for a bit, not quite for him, kind of moves on, gravitates stuff that work for him. So Matt's kind of like a natural Highlander, um, and he's actually running a little kind of escalation league, which uh, which uh, me, um, Chris Tomlin, um, Aaron Bailey, um, Tom Hewitt, 
Dom Hook and Matt are all involved with. Um, we've got our first get together on the the 25th, uh, which is just going to be cool. Like, there's no like painting restrictions or anything. Just everything has to be assembled. Um, just turn up, play some games, 500 points to start with. Um, so we've got that. But so I'm doing the Highlander method for my list building. So we've all agreed, kind of that's what we're going to do. Um, and then going forward, I've got in February, we've got um, Paul's narrative event. So that's where I start bringing in kind of my avatars of Kane, which are based on uh, Mercia snake women models, which I've, I've slightly converted to fit more in with the GW aesthetic. Um, my Bloodrack Shrine, which I'll be using going forward, is one of their massive snake models. So it's quite cool to kind of have something that's going to be used in a, a kind of a few different elements. Um, and then part and parcel of that, I've also got my list, which I'll consider my in bunny ears tournament list, um, which is kind of a little bit stronger, maybe working around the temple nest formation. Uh, for those who haven't seen that, it kind of works around the, the Medusae model. So blood sisters and um, uh, blood stalkers, I think the other ones are called. Yeah. So the ones with the bows, ones with the staves. So yeah, it's, quite, it's quite cool to kind of have an army in and um, have, have a few plans for it um, while I'm actually just still gluing it together. And what I wanted to say is I do only have one unit of the uh, of the Canary in any of my armies. And I was actually putting them together last night. They are really, really nice models to build. Oh, they do amazing. Like, the 2D pictures don't do them justice. No, and I've, I've, I've seen them in the flesh. Um, yeah. But I think there's there's something to be said for getting something in your hands. And I, I was genuinely really impressed by them. Um, but I also don't want the daughters to be... Uh, an overly laborious army to paint so i've got an idea in my head what i want to go for a color scheme so quite quite kind of vibrant green snake parts um i'm planning on doing the flesh mostly via the airbrush so the idea is to get the get the soft colors in no hard contrast on there probably finish off with a glaze um something like reichland mixed with kind of a purple something along those lines and that'll be it so there won't be any more highlights on the flesh than that. I just want them kind of to be almost like a blank canvas almost, but with a, a bit of definition in there because they're quite soft detail. Um, yeah. And then have black highlighted armour. I'm going to use uh, a Rob Ellis's idea that he shared with, with his Bellacore. So I've always done, I don't know if you guys are the same, when I paint black, I always start with black. Um, but instead, he's he suggested using Cantor Blue with black, using that as your base, wash it, and then work up the highlights from there which I thought was a really okay. good idea. So yeah, give it's, that a try. It's, yeah, it's quite weird because it makes the black look more black. Yeah. It's hard to... It's a very... It's a trick of the brain. Yeah. That it's... That it's yeah, the, the shading makes it look darker than it is. Yeah, because you're basically... Yeah. You, it's almost... I, in my head, it, it seems like a really good way of doing it. So that's yeah. what I want to do with that. Uh, I'm going to use red as kind of like the, the hair, uh, kind of the accent colour, if you were, to kind of pick out the details. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's my plans. Um, you, you can have yours finished before mine, don't you? Yes, of course I am. <laughs> oh, yes. I hate Sorry. you. So you've literally just been talking for the last 10 minutes about your Sky Army. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, I will definitely have my Army done before you, mate. Sorry. Um, I've got a lot of plans for it I've got a lot of plans Um, so yeah that's that's kind of the the usual hobby catch up Um, obviously not a massive amount gone on and Rob you'll all be surprised with he's been keeping us updated on Bellacore Um, there has been backtracking Um, he's nothing if not a perfectionist so things have been done and restarted and gone back 
Uh, we wow. Had, yeah. With some refleshing, I wasn't quite happy with. It's, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, when when yeah. We, when we see it, um, you, you you may not have caught it, but the last episode he re- he pointed out that he he won't have it done. The army won't be done for South Coast GT next year. When he was originally planning on having the army done for South Coast GT this year, so not right. only did he miss that one, he's missed the following year as well. So we're literally oh. looking at like 2020, which seems a bit mental. But but that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to rush it. I think that's admirable. Admirable. Yeah, admirable. Yeah. Easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, quickly before we get into the the main section of the uh, of the podcast, kind of having a chat with uh, with Steve, um, just give a usual shout out to the sponsors. Obviously, we only did this last week, but as always, Merchant Miniatures, go and check them out. They're doing a lot. They're kind of doing a bit of a charity thing with Movember as well, which I think is great to see somebody like that getting involved. Um, if you're into your beasts, they're kind of pushing and kind of making it very clear about what they're doing. Uh, alternate models for for the Beastmen side of things. Obviously, Beasts of Chaos. It's great that they barely changed the name on them. They're not something bizarre now. Um, and um, so we've got Mersh, go and check them out. Um, Curtain Games, going from strength to strength. They are definitely sold out for their event on the 8th of October. So do keep an eye out for the ones in the future. Um, and for myself and Pro Painted Studios, by the time this is out, you should now be seeing I'm releasing my what I'm calling my command dial. So this has been requested many, many times. It's literally a tracker for your games of Age of Sigma, uh, where it tracks your victory points, your opponent's victory points, your opponent's uh, command points and your command points and the turn number all done in three mil acrylic, all uh, my, my transparent colours, all magnetised. It's a nice chunky piece of kit, and they'll be up on the website for £14. So uh, I expect them to be very popular. I've already got some pre-orders for those already, so check them out on ProPaint Studios. And that's it for the usual shout-outs. Um, and we'll take a little break, and we'll go straight into having a good chat with Steve about his hobby. And we're back. So what I want to kind of cover to start with is um, I mentioned last episode that I went to Raw, so Realms of War, um, and I had an amazing time. Um, and one thing which was, was great for me is that one thing I had struggled with and which I mentioned, well, not struggled is not quite the right word, is... I don't. I don't think I inherently play in. But again, Bunny is the kind of the narrative way. Um, I tried to build a story into my game just naturally. I want everything to come naturally. I don't want it just be forced. Um, and I was very fortunate that in my last round, um, I actually ended up playing Steve. Um, so we've mentioned the Sky Army um, that you had. So it's all Doom Wheels, which is which is great. Um, and I kind of just wanted to talk about that game because I think it's it's a very inter- it was a very interesting experience for me. Um, I mean, how did you, did you have any particular ways you were just going to approach that game? What was the idea behind your army? At, you know, at the event, you know, was there any kind of considerations as you were rocking up to the table against my uh, my Kajetzan? Uh So, uh, yeah, all, all good questions. I, I think for me, um, I'd played that army. Um, at the test weekend with it, we did it Jimbo's. Yeah. So for me, that army's already kind of started, and the, the, the my Ethermist had already done some things. So it kind of made sense that um, 
if I was going to take something, I would take that. But plus, obviously, sure. I'd made a lab, made a lab as well. So, um, so for me, that that was kind of a, a go to. I think the other consideration uh, that, as I was the stand-in at that time, that you know, you, you don't want to turn up as the stand-in with a super nails list that's going to, you know, smash people up because that's not any fun for anyone. So you kind of want to. Uh, stand by your values, I suppose. But in the same way, if sure. you said, Steve, you could take anything, I would have taken it anyway. So I, I think for me, um, and, I, and, I, and I do get, you, you you know, what you said, Matt, about, you know, what is narrative? How do I play narrative? Where does narrative start? Where does it finish? What does it mean? Um, and I know there isn't a really clear answer. And I, and I think that's the challenge for everyone including dw in in explaining that matched play is really clear Mm -hmm. there's a set there's a structure there's a framework you can do this you can't do that you must bring this you can't bring too many of those kind of off you go kind of thing um so i think i think for me i I think narrative is an ongoing kind of thing what does it mean uh, I, I personally always like to push the barriers on those sort of things. So I think that's just me exploring it, but that doesn't mean I'm defining it by any way. And I, and I think, so I think when it came to our game, which is your original question, um, <laughs> was I, I, I kind of got this ongoing thing with my army that my arch warlock is called Warp Digger. Um, isn't very brave and will always give up his army and he, if it's going bad, he will always try and escape somehow other than than actually stand and fight. Um, and so for me, that was a, that's a consideration when I deploy. Sure. Um, obviously, what I, when I looked at what I was facing, um, which was you know quite a lot of shooting, and it, for me, although I had I had I can't remember how now four or five Doom Wheels, a couple yeah. of Doom Flares. Uh, the a bomb and that's pretty much you had your lab and yeah yeah i had my lab and my so i think for me it was like although the doom wheels can that their their, their their power is in their shooting they, they've just got to roll all the random super high to do that yeah. i just think well i'm not going to be able to go toe to toe with you and uh you know and I'll, and I'll say you know whether i go to the south coast or whether i go thing I, I always want to try and give the other player a game you know rather than just go oh well you'll beat me or i'm going to do this narrative thing that's going to take me off over here and leave sure. the objectives behind it's just, it's just, that's that kind of what's that fun for both of us really so yeah. um you still want it to feel like it's a it's a you know the best games i think yeah. we can all agree are the tie games you know when, yeah. when they're on the knife edge really yeah and and I, I suppose uh, I, I I did go a little bit off tangent when I could see the way we deployed and way the the tornadoes came down mm. that that it was going to be incredibly difficult for me to to get those so I did find something else to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure yeah I mean it was for me it's it's you know I. It's almost interesting actually hearing you talk because I, I have things with the way that I played the army, um, which you would you probably wouldn't see at like tournament play. So, for example, an example of this is I've got my admiral, which is Admiral Gearslip. He's a Caradron um, admiral. Um, however, I'd say at start of the game, he's a selfish bastard. He only cares about himself. So his command ability always goes on himself. His um, 
everything in the list that you can have, so for example, your command trait, your artifact, he's got all of them. So the idea is that he is, he is the admiral of this expedition and he's got all the gear. Um, so even if that's to my detriment, he is always running at the enemy with his whirring cog weapon just there to smash face. Um, and I think sometimes it's almost the way that, you know, I, I feel like I played games like that, but my I wasn't kind of vocalising my narrative, if that makes sense. And I think it's such kind of a big part. You did it so naturally when we played. So we had things like, for example, um, your other mist and your lab charged my ironclad um the mother load and i've got last stand on that which allows me to i think i actually put it on the cannon um so it allowed me to shoot your lab on the way in and it just so happened that it one shot your lab after i'd done some wounds to it earlier yeah um so you just in, instantly naturally just went well what we'll do we'll do this we'll roll a dice and if he succeeds at this check then he's managed to leap onto the ironclad and we'll do a fight you know, on the ironclad, and it was it was just so natural, um, it, and it was really enjoyable, and it was very cinematic, you know, for that happening. And obviously, got the roll off, so we we got him onto my ship, and he was fighting my crew. And it, for me, it was brilliant. But it was all, like for you, it just kind of came naturally. Do this and do that. Um, and something which I'd experienced in the past is people like Scott Lyons when he's done narrative, he's whenever he's done it, and I've watched him, and he explains it very well, but it's always to an advantage to himself. So it's always like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, these Ungor, yeah, they've just killed your trebuchet, right. So I'm going to take over that trebuchet and I'm going to start shooting your knights with it. And you're a bit like, um, yeah, that's cool, but that's really good. At the same time, you know, it's, it's one of those things I, I think maybe is kind of more of a, a match play game, right? I find kind of almost like the balance, um, it's, it's almost sometimes it feels like you're kind of asking for something, um, which I, I'm kind of always reticent of. But I felt I felt I had a narrative game, and mostly because of you. You know, I felt that like you set the scene. I got the idea behind your army. I liked what you were doing with the army, and it allowed me to join in. I felt like I was going through your, you know, turn the page adventure book. You know, going to, you know, rolling a dice, and you're going to page thirty six. You know, it's. And I, and I really enjoyed it. And, and I would say that's probably the first narrative game I've had. Yeah, I, I think I think you do yourself a disservice in that, you know, you brought along a great mechanic, which was the idea that you would offer the opponent re-rolls mm-hmm. in exchange for, for coins. You'd have to take a coin and then the more coins built up allowed you to then hire in more nurse, most nurseries. <clears throat> nurseries. mercenary yeah a lot less scary nurseries yeah yeah, yeah. So. although you did have quite a lot of toddlers in your army to be fair yeah yeah all, all short greenskins <clears throat> but but i think for me that was so you so that did give you an advantage mm-hmm. but it it gave me an advantage so you were creating a sort of a narrative plot there and and you know and i loved it that you didn't tell me what things cost so the idea was the, the more coins i took the more rerolls i i used they were going to rack up to a total and at certain points you could go and cash them in and yeah. bring in more models to the table so for me that 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 becomes rather than the one-sided i've decided this is happening to you now yeah. it's you can do it but just be aware again you didn't do it craftily you didn't say you know have some re-rolls oh no then i knew the risk and reward for me but for me it was then really easy it's like skaven well yeah we'll just 
just grab that. We want that. We want the power. We want it. We're not going to worry about it. We'll be fine. We'll get it sorted. So I just grabbed a few and used them. So I think for me, that was your way of drawing me in. And my decisions were made because of the the thoughts I had with my army. Yeah. So we were doing that. And, and interestingly, as soon as I said, right, I'm going to swing everything in to try to bring down the ironclad, because actually, if I bring it down, I can then add that to my squire army as a conversion later on. So it's not me just making one. It's like yeah. this, this, this is the one I took down a raw kind of thing. And actually, you you could see easily the the battle plan that we had as our structure to play around. You had that sorted. So you was like, hang on a minute, no, you're not having that. <laughs> and you and you kind of swung around and you were like, no, 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 we're going to stop this now. And, was, yeah. and and for me, that became that became the story. And I almost did it, but not quite. And true kind of, Skaven, kind of disappointed you didn't, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's it's quite interesting the way you describe that. Because um, what I think it sums up, like narrative, for want of a, a, a whole genre, is that you're making the decisions based on what you think the army should do, rather than what the optimum choice is. So if it's given because they're greedy, you want the coins you're choosing, rather than you know being more um, cynical and saying I don't want to risk taking the coins. Yeah. You're just taking them anyway. Um, and make a decision based on what you think your army should do rather than, yeah, this is the match play, win at all costs mentality or, you know, the retreating when, um, retreating orcs when they should be going forward. That's just wrong, that kind of scenario. Yeah, that, that, is a, that is a challenge to the game, I think. The game has got such a rich background and there's so much character and law involved with them that you know there's a choice between a bunch of blood letters finishing off this unit or retreating 12 inches over here and standing on this spot because mm. but but i'm not i'm not pooing that because that's absolutely a way to play and you you could narrative it up you could say you know by doing this we're going to be able to get the plans for the whole city and with the whole city the, the blood players can get a lot more skulls so you know they're playing that long game and, and that works too do you know what i mean i think I, I, so I, th I think this goes back to maybe just sort of saying what we tried to do with raw which is um set out a, a sandbox kind of idea so that it, it, at the very least You've got two players with similar armies, probably, with a table that's full of terrain to make it fun and a battle plan that's, you know, if you don't do anything else, <laughs> then you can play this. And then after that, we try and inspire people to do other things, but we just never want it to be an elite thing or you've got to have done Dungeons and Dragons for 20 years to come and play this. It's, it's, it's got to be expansive enough that people can do what they need to do. But that's always a challenge that, you know, we're not defining it. So do people know what to do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I will say and going to the strength of the event and like I said, I don't want to, don't want to focus on raw too much. I don't want to hear Mark, you like that, but uh, you know, I took Jen, uh, Jen's only played match play tournaments. She's only ever played 
games at club and with me as match play for her that's how the game works and she just played she didn't have any models converted up to be a lab she didn't have any models converted up to be an ethermist she just used um you know the models she had in her army so the lab was her black coach and she's an executioner as her ethermist and i i don't think she had any less of a an experience because of that i think you know she really enjoyed herself you know her her experience of that was absolutely no different because she was still turning up to games and playing armies brilliant and that's that's what we'd hope for i mean i think for me you know personally if you're talking about pushing the edges of narrative the one that paul's organizing which is the fate of sigma in february that is super exciting you know you get given a list mm -hmm. you there are predetermined matchups there are predetermined missions that are all based on and you'd look you look at my list and you go oh my god that's going to do nothing but it's going to do nothing in the sense of hold three objectives for three turns yeah I, so so for me the scope first of all to think about my army is huge and the scope to do what's on the table you know we're going to discover as we hit the table who am i facing what's your story where have you come from what are we doing so you know but the beauty of what paul's doing is rather than leaving two people going to go uh we're gonna have a dm on most tables yeah yeah who's going to come in and just say well you know this thing in the middle of the table that you're trying to decide who's going to control nobody does i control it i know the background to your armies i know what's going on and you know things could happen that i might get completely smashed up in the first game and outnumbered for whatever reason and i'd be like wow absolute table but i'll know that paul's got something planned later on that you know it's the whole it's the whole shooting john wick's dog you know <laughs> sweet reference <I> love that. <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't actually have a grip hand so maybe i'm gonna be all right maybe i won't get shot first thing but but i think i think so I think if, if the events can kind of all feel like if you want to go super competitive, you can do this one. If you can, you want something in between, you want something that's just a big laugh. You want something that's, um, you know, you want to be part of the whole GW thing and do the heats and the grand final. Then that's great for the hobby. There's so many different options out there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I think that's it. That's a good point to finish on. Cool. And, um, Brilliant. Well, one thing I wanted to ask, we've kind of, I wanted to specifically cover that. I wanted to cover, cover our game because it was very interesting. And obviously we both played, so it's good to talk, talk over it. Um, now I, I think I first became aware of yourself. Um, it must've been back. It must've been specifically eighth. I think it was South coast GT. And I think it was the year that you bought your lizard men. Um, and you had the, I think you, I think there's a lot of awards. I think the coolest uh, existed before you, but I'm not sure if there was an award for coolest terrain piece. I think that you kind of maybe uh, were kind of the the original one for that. But you had this amazing kind of um, Lizardman army. It was the time, the land, the, the time for yeah, theme, that was it. Yeah, that well, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of factoring in that, so that's kind of where I first knew you from. So going from that, you know, you had such a strong start to you know the presentation of your army in eighth going into aos what was your transition like as kind of we came into the aos side of things what what were your kind of initial thoughts um do you feel like open things up for you etc etc how, how did you how excited were you about aos to start with um so i came at it so for me i came back to warhammer fantasy at the beginning of eighth so i'd not had years and years of, of playing it so suddenly for it to 
you know, what, three years, whatever it was, of eight, four years, then to go to AOS. So it was like, oh, right, okay, uh, more new new rules. Okay, that's fine. Um, but for, you know, I'll be honest, for someone who loves to dive into the background, loves to get spins off concept art and stuff like that, I, th- I think the initial release, you know, lacked a lot of that for me. And, um, I, I'd struggled to sort of kind of go, right, so where are we? I, 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 the other thing is I'm happy to put my hand up and say I don't read all the novels. I read some of the ones that um, – and, you know, although I've got the Round Gate Wars Battle Tome book things, I've not read every single thing in there, you know. Um, I usually get distracted with pictures and sketches and hammering and sawing. So sure. I, th- I, think, I think it's interesting that – as it grew and as the battle tomes really began to fill out, they were they were the places where you, you got your inspiration and then we got some more stories and they kind of made sense. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I think my first AOS army uh, South Coast was actually my Tomb Kings. Sure. Which I'd yeah. finished, which I'd finished at eighth, really, but went back to and did more fun stuff with. So you know, we we all know that they're not they're not they're not around in every universe. Uh, they are still in mine, and they are still in other people's. And I think that's absolutely fine. Make the game your own. It, interest, interesting, interesting yeah. kind of side point to that. I today have actually posted out some custom Tomb King tokens to uh, a podcast listener. So uh, that, that was pretty cool. So. They're definitely still out there, and people are definitely still using them. Yeah, the thing is, your connections to your armies, for whatever reason, and it's usually because the weekends you've spent with your mates or the time you put in, and they they mean something to you, and they will always be you, you know, more than just stats and you know KR cases full of plastic. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think I think that's fine, and I think you know. They, we couldn't all keep we can't keep them all and maybe they will get revisited in some form or shape far off into the future i don't know uh, will they be different yes will they be better probably and will i still have mine yeah i'm not going to sell it so fair enough <laughs> so yeah i think but uh my importance and aos2 absolutely just listen to the feedback and have just given us so much scope now. But I think the important thing is for me, and this is uh, something I really enjoy, is the fact that we have these maps now of the realms, but it's not all the maps and it's not all explained. No, We've got imagery of what free people look like in some of these realms, which are high fantasy and fantastical, but we're not told that's exactly this or exactly that. No. So, so we get all of these kind of bits of bones that are out there and you can just decide which ones you're going to flesh out and turn into something and for me that's exciting that, that's that's where my new buzz has come from is that ability to just say um what if yeah no i get that yeah i think it's a, it's a great point is it most certainly when aos first started there were you know it really did feel like it was a rush to keep up with the amount of books the amount of content they were putting out yeah the the, the, the ramgate wars and then all the battle times and you know I, I still go back to the ramgate wars scenarios because there are some absolutely mad things in there yeah 
that, that demand you to be not fair sides and, you know, have ridiculous things that happen. Um, and I think, you know, they were a challenge at the time when people were trying to get their head around things that you're then moving all these other things about. But I think that, you know, there's still some great, great things in there. And, and I think there's still, I mean, just the, the little the little diagram map things with the floaty this and the that that yeah. were, were, were such a great stuff. I mean, we're now seeing those as fantastic concept art as the, you know, the design teams, illustration teams expanded and they've got so many cool in-house talents now to just rock those out. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think there's, if you want to, there's all sorts of places where you can find, I mean, just little things like uh, City of Secrets. Yeah. There's some weird crab thing, fleet people. Is, yeah. that, and it's just like, I want to know more about that one. Yeah. I want to know more about that one. Definitely. And it's, it's, it's just like, and, and also the, the relationships between, you know, you just kind of think, oh, there's Sigma's Stormcast and there's there's three people that just march side by side and follow. Well, no, actually, the three people are pretty scared of some of them. They, you know, they are really seen as these elite, scary people that will turn on them if they cough in the wrong way and get a bit of phlegm in their hanky. And it's like, ooh, no, that's that's a different relationship. It's not all, you know, shiny is good. No. And talking about secrets, it's a great book for for a couple of reasons. Include one one of my most favourite depictions is actually of the basically what we would think of as the the dark elf, so that the scourge privateers as they are now, brilliant. You know, it talks about their raiding fleet and them kind of attacking uh, um, almost a garrison, kind of a, a palace. Um, and it talks, and you're like, oh, they're they're shades, aren't they? And the way they're depicted, and it's it's very cool. They're kind of like shades, but even more fantasy. And it talks about the captain and brilliant there's so much source material in that book not my favorite i don't think the book is particularly amazing in of itself but i think for um for kind of inspiration material i agree with you it's very very good um and you mentioned malign sorcery there and i think i'm correct in this but one of the things that i mentioned about free guild as well one of the things i always remember and i always have it flashing in my head is the mention of cog forts just this (laughs) idea of these mechanical walking you know forts i think it's just just brilliant i'm like oh I'd love to be able to one day, one day I'd love to make a cog fort. Well, if GW doesn't do it themselves, um, you know, the idea of having an army that's, uh, you can always turn it. I might just do a display table. It would just be a cog fort. <laughs> talking back to the old round gate wars books there in there, there's some, uh, pestilent engines, Mm. which are the they're just tiny little sketches on this map thing. And they are, they look a bit like the bug, creature that they pull out of neo's stomach from the matrix sure. yeah, yeah. Like, whippy yeah. tail thing yeah clickety clackety legs they look like well but they, they look like they're, they're they're the size they're as tall as a cathedral you know mm. they're massive things but yeah like i say i mean how do you tackle that and make it playable yeah definitely and carry it and legs and snappy and it's like oh so then you go well do you just say the whole table is the back of a pestilence engine but how do you make sure that you get that sense? Is it just not another city? So, yeah. But, I mean, as soon as your brain starts clicking and whirring, then I think it's job done. You know, you're just rolling with it. That's it. It's definitely a seed of ideas. Um, 
And one thing most certainly you've become very well known for, um, and I think is is a very interesting aspect of AOS is is actually terrain and kind of the the, the options that you now have available and where, where you can go with this. I mean, how how do you feel that's kind of influenced how the new AOS and all these things we've just mentioned, how that's how that's influenced your thought process approaching pieces of terrain, for example. So I've always been keen to put my hand up here. My dad's a model railwayer. Uh, always has been so for me he's of that elk whereby you look at his layout and there's a bunch of people queuing for the cinema sure and you look around the corner the car park's full and the scooters are there and you go okay so that's they've parked there so for me that's telling a story that's telling a story they don't move they don't light up and down the trains go up and down but you know that's but it's 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 giving that backdrop and giving a sense of so he you know being super nerdy he, he models that time of the 50s where it was the last of the southern railway before it went over to uh, british rail so so but he can then make sure that's absolutely nailed in what you look at it and that the movies are playing are 50s movies yeah. the cars are 50s cars yeah. so for me that just for me that's that's kind of what i've grown up with if you like so when it comes to a table i think when we were in the old world we had a very clear picture of that and that was great. Um, I think what we've gone to now was we kind of went, we kicked off with the initial realm that we got introduced to, which was kind of a bit featureless, but some cracky things and fiery metal things. And yeah, and it was just yeah. like, okay, yeah, okay. It, just, it, it was, it wasn't fully formed. But now when you start to get, you know more detail and we get to get the sense of the scale of things like you know realm you know, god beasts for example there's there's taurus floating above and and immediately again it just opens the floodgates but i think for me you know we all realize really quickly with age sigma that um compared to eighth edition where nuances of angles and charge distances yeah. and that that was the movement angle in the game. If you, Age of Sigmar for me is pretty much just a big skirmish game. Everything rabbles everywhere. You you snake through buildings. You go round woods or you go through woods, um, and and suddenly terrain's important for the mechanics of the game. So if it's important for the mechanics of the game, then let's just make it there for a reason and that goes just back to that whole idea so if, if there's a village then the trees will probably be around the outside they wouldn't have trees going through the village and it's that storytelling that then means when you come to play a game the narrative of why you're playing the game is well you know uh, you're nurgle uh, there's a well in the village you're probably going to want to go and wee in the well and ruin the water for everyone <laughs> And and it's like yeah that's fine. So it's not it's not a dot on the battlefield. It's something you're trying to do. Yeah. And we we played at the club. That, that was exactly there. The Nurgle player said, "What's my objective?" I said, "Well, you got to win the well." And he was like, "Okay, how do I do that?" I said, "Well, you know, if you're going to do it with one of the drones, they're going to have to weave from a distance. So it's going to have to be on a three up." And of course, he rolled two ones and twos for two turns couldn't get it in the well but that was a joke and everyone laughed and he had to fight to hold that position sure. so there was there was still the the gaming element you know get to that point roll a three up you win <laughs> but it was it was for a reason and i think for me that's that's where 
that's where scenery, that's where the terrain for me offers to be a, a game multiplier and an army multiplier. You know, if you've got terrain that matches your army or matches the, ter- the, the realm that you're looking to do, then it just brings to life what any, anyone brings to it. Yeah, I think there's, yeah. you know, you, you can very much bring that story of so many different elements to the board in the terrain you're using. And it was interesting. I, I kind of felt this recently that I, when GW did the original releases and we talked about it being a bit stale and a bit vanilla, most certainly story-wise, as it all started, I think one of the things we maybe kind of moved away from is they released some awesome terrain really quickly. Loads of very unique, very striking, you know, Dragon Fate, um, Dias, things like that. And we've kind of almost gone backwards, kind of the terrain's like a bit more just generic now like i really like the ruins but i think those unique pieces have kind of have kind of disappeared now i don't know if, if you feel the same yeah I, I i for me i look at what's being done with the 40k terrain and i can look at that and the work that ray's doing on that and you just go that's amazing. It's uh, heights match, components yeah. match. Yeah. You just butt it together. You go, does this go together? Oh yeah, it does. Or, or he'll do a release on Twitter. He says, if you realize this and you turn it around the other way, you go, oh wow. And I, I think for me, I, I would love that to come to, to AOS because I think, I think, okay, so the, 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 there is an absolute challenge in that you're talking about many more factions and races you've got many more realms you know what do you pick you know you 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 can't have what's a dwelling like for free people for iron jaws for you know you're just never going to be so i suppose it it feels natural to come back to generic and and i i I true i think you know for some people the hobby's expensive enough and then say you've spent, I don't know, you can do it for under 200 pounds, I think, for a, a good army these days. Um, to then say, well, actually, you've got to spend another 100 quid hmm. at least to have a table full of terrain. It's just like, wow, OK, that's 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 a big ask. Yeah, I think I think what they're doing with the. I think something I kind of, I suppose I forgot while, while I made my comments, I do like the army terrain. I like, you know, the Nurgle trees. I like the Deacon boats. I like, you know, Sylvan F with the trees as much as I hate the gameplay mechanics. I, I, I agree with it, um, you know, aesthetically. Um, and the same with, you know, Beastmen, you know, actually having, yeah. I mean, it's mental. I, don't, I, I thought this the other day and it makes you realise how far we've come. Beastmen now have a herdstone model. <laughs> yeah. How fucking long has that been? Yeah. You know, and, and I get that it was, you know, initially it was an idea, and then obviously it was an, I think it was a, an artifact. Well, not a magic item, I suppose it was a magic, a magic item in yeah. the in 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 the Beast Book back in seventh. Um, yeah, it just seems it's mental now. I think, my God, it's taken this long for us to get a bloody herdstone. And I don't know if you agree with me. It wasn't. I love it. I, I want it. I want to paint it. And it still isn't what I expected it to be. It's so good. It's such a fantastic AOS piece of terrain. I'm, I'm really yeah. in love with it. It's it's cool. It's full of character, isn't it? Really? So, is. Yeah. 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 I, I really I, like it. And I, I think for me, you know, the. 
it is those super characterful things that you you have a word okay i've got a word that's fine put that in a clearing okay this is a bit of a darker word mm. there's something else going on here and suddenly you can start those things and i i, uh, I heard at one of the i think it was warhammer fest that i went in the seminar that had um ray and uh, joey at the time who was part of the team and and they said that their their ideal is to try and make sure that there is a piece of scenery for every army that they release sure uh, and and you know and i think for me you know if you want to encourage people to include scenery then give it a cool rule <laughs> so yeah, suddenly someone will so you'll find the money for it then because it will make your army but i think uh, yeah i think i think that more of that is good and i think i think we i think we 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 did we are seeing especially now with tournaments supplying terrain i think there's there's That's less so pressure yeah. yeah that yeah. that in itself is is such a good thing for gaming just across the board is just going to events and having terrain um i mean i do part of me i'm always one for variety so i do like it you know i i am totally fine with south coast saying bring your own terrain because it allows you to do that right i'm going to do some terrain for this and this is what it's going to be and is it okay if i move it around with my army every board yeah completely yeah. fine you know I, I i really do like that you know the year i was you know i was allowed my fat mat you know just yeah you carry it around with you all weekend it's honestly not a problem um so it's great that we've got an event that you can kind of almost showboat you know the, the terrain you're working on as well i think that's fantastic um so you've got all these amazing ideas bubbling away we've got all this source material you've got all these options given to you about aos so something that is interesting um having kind of corresponded with yourself and obviously bish is kind of all, it feels like an extreme version of it he's very much he, he said when we recorded with him that when he's planning something he'll kind of draw it and he'll draw it and he'll draw and he'll draw it and he'll build something and then he'll draw and draw and that's what he does uh, i do i do fuck all right my drawing is horrific um so even something as simple as Archeon's what I'm going to do for South Coast, kind of give a, bit of a hint of it coming up. But you're very much, I think, Steve, kind of uh, your your pictures are what I wish I could do. They're not like super technical, um, but they convey so much. So how, what's your process for that? What do you, how do you kind of approach the idea of getting something on paper to start with? Do you always do that? Yeah. Um, so the, the day job is I'm a designer, graphic designer. So I've learned that if you're working on an ad concept, for example, yeah. uh, it's going to have a headline. It might have someone holding a piece of packaging. We've got some technical glob job down the bottom. How am I going to work that out? Well, uh, you, you know, you're taught that you, you get paid by the hour. So sure. what's the quickest way of working out proportions? Well, you do little scamps. You do little thumbnails, scamps, thumbnails, sketches, whatever you want to call them. And they're just there to get the proportions right and get the sizing right in your own head. And it's those that you then take to the computer. Obviously, I'm old enough that we didn't have computers when I first started doing design. So but when you went to the computer with it, you you, you just work. You, that was your starting point. You would evolve from there. Right. And, that, and that's absolutely true with building scenery. I mean, you, you'll attest to this that, you know, your, your plans will evolve as you as things change, as the material changes, as the temperature changes, as as you suddenly realise, you try and go through those processes. But for me, getting the scamps down um, and then a really important stage, I kind of learned the hard way, but 
making cardboard cutout flats of the elements okay. and making sure does the army fit? Will it fit on what's left of the display board? Mm-hmm. Or have I actually made this piece so big, this block that you can't get in, that all I've done is chop the table in half? Right. Is that valid? Is that is that workable? So, is, so that, the is that literally like drawing out a plan then, and basically having the elements cut out flat to kind of position it around to see how it would fit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the project I did for um, the last market, uh, the last market of Batir, which is yeah. Batar, sorry, which is the the floating ship thing that I made. So I knew it was going to be based on the Playmobil ship which I was going to cut up. Sure, yeah. So it was literally draw around it with a piece of craft board, cut it up. Then I knew I was going to use some um, Lake Town buildings. Mm-hmm. So before I ordered them, message Scott, Scott, what's the floor plan of one of those? <laughs> sent me the measurements <laughs> because he had them on the shelf. So he sent me, sent me the measurements. So I cut one of those out. And it's like if that sits on there and there and there and, and, and you know, and, and I had a flat version of this 3D thing, but it was like, yeah, OK, that's going to work. Now, obviously, there was a sketch that was the start of it. But actually, when I came to do it, I couldn't really have the house at the back because I was going to end up hiding all the details. So I moved the house forward and that actually covered up a hole that was much bigger than you imagine when you actually cut it. Um, but I think for me, those sketches, you know, it, uh, you know, Bish's training and this is the way he works is his sketches are not millimeter accurate, but they're much more towards uh, an engineering kind of thing mine don't get much further than the work i've done with the um dreamlands with the inktober thing that i'm working on still although technically i've missed it but um but but i think for me not not soon... for conforming anyway steve don't worry. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, the dream was there but raw and warmer achievements it was yeah. just like yeah there's only so many hours in a day and they don't take me too long you know 45 minutes or so but it was still like 45 minutes of I should really be finishing painting this or printing this out or doing whatever. So, so I, th- I think for me, it's why do I do it? It's about visualizing what's in my head on a piece of paper that can then become a rough cardboard silhouette that I can then apply to a piece of board. That, but, but what that does mean is that if you look at my stuff and you look at it close up, it's a bit wibbly wobbly. It's not measured by millimeters always. It's no. not. So, you know, that's, that's the compromise that I'm happy to have. And that, um, you know, it's not an engineering piece of work. And, and people have often said to me, oh, but you'd like to have worked for industrial light and magic back in the day. And it's like, well, they wouldn't do that. The, the designer yeah. would concept it. It would get engineering drawings that would then go to a craftsman to, mimic that perfectly and i'm sticking stuff on right before i'm about to paint it do you know what i mean for yeah. me it's it, it, it's conceptual yeah. it's just this is a this is this is a concept that happens to be 3d and have some paint on it yeah if there if it was you know if they were going to design something to be ramshackled it's not let's build it it'll be ramshackled that ramshackledness would be designed and built to look ramshackled some of my favorite books are the uh, either movie or computer game art books. Yeah. And you see the work that goes involved into those, you know, the, the, the classic bigatures that 
Weta did for Lord of the Rings. They're big. They they look like big gaming tables, but they're absolutely built from plans. And yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're it's uh, and and you know, I think it's inspiring to see the work where, you know, somebody's, you know, even like the Blade Runner gun, you know. The blaster, it's yeah. so cool, mm-hmm. but it's got functions. It's got reasons. This does this, and this light works for there, and that's this. And and for me, that's that's what makes. I suppose it comes down to the way I describe sci-fi to people. People say, "What's your favorite sci-fi?" And I'm, for me, it's the sci-fi where actually the tech isn't the the story. The story is sure. amazing. It just happens to be set in this future world. Yeah, and I like I like something similar. It's got the the, the world's got a logic to it. Yeah. So it's, the stuff's functional and you know that it works for a reason and it works in that way for a reason. But then the whole, the story um, doesn't, it just accepts that it works rather yes. than, yeah. rather than, um, yeah, go on. yeah, that's a bit, that's a, yeah, I'm getting no, a bit no. pretentious yeah. now. One, so of, I'll start. one of the reasons why I love, Firefly and Serenity as much as I do um, is you know this is a TV series where they're still walking it's, it's sci-fi they're in space but they're still walking around with guns that look like they belong in a spaghetti western um, and they go to a planet where people are still riding on horseback because it's, it's a backward planet and it's a really easy way of getting around is on the back of a horse and then you have the juxtaposition of you get a later episode where a guy's a governor he's got all the money in the world and he's got a little you know hovercraft basically so and you know he's got a laser he's got a laser gun and everyone else has been using projectile weapons there's always this this human aspect yeah. of we a lot of the time we have this amazing technology but you backtrack a lot of the time and actually we we go for what's really functional and what's not likely to fuck up uh, and and what's really cheap um and an element of design that i love is so again one of my favorite movies is aliens um and the pulse rifles from that movie that they use which are so well known they're built out of thompson machine guns and i think it's m40 shotguns you know they're actually made they built them from current world weapons and then they put the casing and everything on them um, and then you look at more modern movies and kind of the later alien movies and they're just sci-fi guns. You know, you look at them and they're just like, you just go, yeah, that just looks sci-fi because it's just, it's just stuff, isn't it? Um, it's the same with Star Wars. You look at a lot like the blaster designs and things, they all look functional. You look at them and you go, yeah, I get that. Even lightsabers such as they are, they've got these massive, great sliding buttons and stuff in there. And you know, they're not not these fancy things like fingerprints and stuff on the built to be functional and work. And I think that is, that is something to hit on is you can do these amazing fantasy things and you can make stuff that make, you know, look perfect. I mean, if you had a free guild town, I mean, it's one of the things that I find interesting with Bish's work on that amazing, um, fort- fortifications and everything he's done. Like to me, they're brilliant. Like he's done a whole table's worth of this cityscape stuff, but they almost look eighth edition still to me because they're almost too perfect. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that is a challenge for the free guild themselves. I mean, because yeah, so so what we what so what we've got to suggest is that if if we're going to say that the 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 fact that eighth edition evolved, medieval life evolved as it did, and created these structures because 
that made sense because you had to live in a, a small space and you ended up living on top of each other because you had to live within a fortification because there was a chance the other baron was going to attack you or kill you. There were environmental and social pressures that meant that this was the best building to make right now. What does that mean when you're in the realm of life and perhaps you live you 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 have free people living in yeah. a forest well they're not going to cut the trees down are they or are they don't know do they have a relationship that allows them to do that it's only felled wood maybe i don't know but then would that would be then be of a different type or you know or are they you know they're allowed in there because they have a relationship with the wood elves and maybe those a bit more grown but so so this is you, you take away the social and environmental norms that we use things that we know then anything could be possible and i think that's that's the beauty of aos and the challenge as well and i think i think you know walls made of stone with a rampart on top well that's going to work for many places in the realms uh, yeah okay that works you know we've we've seen the the dreadful um monstrosities that we've had and you know built up of skulls with spiky things that stab you in the arm i think but that that that's okay i i I like that and i think you know especially when you when you multiply it by a factor of you know warhammer world where they had that massive display where it was three or four tall and you get the grandeur of it and i think i think that's 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 where what aos gives us is the sense of you know, if somebody rocked up and they had a custom-made herdstone that was three times the size of the one, and then around it was like five or six normal kits, how cool would that be? And that would be like totally fine. That's absolutely you, you're all in on that. Do you hear that, Beastman players? If you're going to play Steve at South Coast, if he goes, <laughs> mega stone out. Yeah. <laughs> Actual stone with a winch. That would be brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think it's an interesting point, most certainly with the train, is the idea... Oh, Ian's, uh, Ian's brought his default um, ambulance uh, button with him. Um, yeah, the <laughs> idea that making something that um, is fantastical, but also kind of grounded in a way as well. Um, I mean, so you've talked about... Um, and I'm really interested in this, because I've got a lot of plans kind of coming up to South Coast myself. So you've talked about doing kind of the paper plans and everything. What's your go-to materials if you're bulking something out, you're starting that kind of initial construction, moving away from something that's kind of built out, like you say, like a, a, a foundation of like plastic kits and, and boats. If you're kind of going down a route of something quite custom, you need to start sculpting and moulding together kind of the structure of your, your your board or your terrain piece. What What's your go-to? What do you start start with i guess one of the things is kind of um you can make things quite easily and quickly using lightweight materials and bulking out with card and stuff like that but but then i've got to put it in the car i've got to take it from table to table I'm doing more now with the local club. I'm going once a month there. So I want to be able to put it in the car, take it out, put it back in again. And you end up with that position where you're kind of like, actually, it needs to be stronger than this because someone's going to help you lift it. They drop it yeah. and it's totaled. So you just think, 
so that's kind of for me my initial thing i i guess for me a, a base of mdf is something that i can screw things to or put screws through and then push things onto the screws i think having that as a a, a former is really good and it's easy to cut wobbly shapes whatever you need to do um and it should be stable because that's the old classic thing isn't it you do this wonderful thing you spray it and then this paint affects it, it or you, you put a wash over it it warps and it's like big holes appear and cracks and it's like uh, and and they're not often uh, the old bob ross happy accidents <laughs> no, they're not. usually happy dis- unhappy disasters so i think i think for me it's so it's, it's 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 going to that i think the other thing is think thinking about what if if it's a display board then you got to think about where the model's going and making sure i leave a surface that's for them to go on um, I do like to challenge myself to be something other than sort of tiers of hills, but they can absolutely work. Um, um, and I, th- I think for me, so I think for me, the, 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 there's there's a, so if we talk about display boards, there's a scale here between just putting it on the table, putting your army on the table, putting your army on a cloth or a mat, putting your army on a board, which has got a picture frame. I think, Every step in consideration, you, you actually you could have a, a two foot by two foot display board that's got way too much stuff on it, hides your army, badly painted, cracks in it. I'd rather see that army on a you know blackboard yeah, with a wooden frame I around it because you're trying to agree. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, it, 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 it's an army. It's it's, it's not. It's, if you want to do the dioramas, the military dioramas, which I, I love watching all of that stuff because the detail that they can go into, you know, the wire work, the, the cut, laser cut brass work that would be completely hopeless on anything you'd put on the table because I'd just chuck a handful of dice Destroyed. and bend it to buggery and it'd be like, yeah. So it's like, but so I think you, you've got to remember what it's for. But I think the, the, the joy of a display board is if you get it right, the army is still the centerpiece, but you're just expanding that story. You're just making sense of why things are there to such a scale that and and, and sometimes, you know, like I say a wooden frame display board that's maybe got your, your your scenery pieces or your objective markers in there that links it all together. Um I mean I've got this idea for something with Seraphon and I can't quite get it right in my head yet, but I want to be able to have some way that if you set the models out in a formation, they make a constellation when you look from above and then that would give them an ability or, you know, and the other player would be looking to try and stop you from doing that. So again, you know, if, if your display board was literally a star map and you put each model on a star that was linked together and it, so for me, that's, that's the story of what the army is looking to do and that's looking how I'm going to present it. So I think for me, your original question was, "What material do I get no, to?" You're Sorry, covering it. Like, um, what's, what's, what's your <laughs> default kind of? You know, what, what do you default to? I mean, I know for for myself, you know, um, you know, expanded foam you can cut with uh, a wire cutter, um, and I do love working from scratch in a similar way to Bish uh, with my um, uh, what's it called? The I can't remember what it's called now. The the paper with the foam in between, card with the foam in between. Foam core, foam core. Uh, pla- 
Yeah. So I, I actually, it's only recently. So there's this phone call, which is like you say, which is um, uh, card, sort of thin card paper, and then expanded polystyrene style foam. You know, the, you could squeeze it with your fingers and it will squash quite easily, but does make for a stable product that you can use. But Bish has often used the expanded PVC board, which is more expensive. And that's what he's recently done a few kind of magic moments of him videoing, making wood timbers. And that for me has been something recently I've got my head around. And that's a really lovely material. Again, you'd want to do it for buildings or bridges or that sort of thing. You wouldn't want to do like a whole... You wouldn't want to do two foot by two foot cobbled streets with it, although it would do an excellent yeah. job of it, don't get me wrong, um, because you could actually put all the drains and cobble. You'd be there for a long time and your fingers would <laughs> ache from doing it. But so. So, yeah, so I think I think it's, it's, it's understanding what's the process, what am I going to do? And then and then there yeah. and then obviously there's you know, we get we're seeing, you know, more products, uh, more options, you know, 3D printing. Uh, uh, laser cut MDF buildings, um, you know, to suit different budgets and different styles. You know, you you, you won't get very many tree options out of an MDF cut no. piece of scenery, but you know, if you're looking to do a square hovel building, going to 3D print, you know, is that gonna get you much more detail compared to the others? So I think they all they're all valid in about you know what you're looking to do um you know for whether it's scenery or display for sure um ian just out of interest you've never done any form of display board at all have you um i've done one for my augers a while ago and that was purely to get a tournament point wow i don't don't remember that (laughs) gamey gamey um but yeah no i'm I'm think I'm planning on doing one for either the daughters or the squire, and they've got the. It's kind of what I I find the dis- display is similar. It's something I can't really get my head around yet, um, because it's I've tried to paint. I'd imagine I'm going to try to paint it like a miniature where it needs a different style of painting, and the. The planning required involves sketching it out, which I don't do normally. So I've got the. I think I'm going to use some of the. Got the scryer. I'm planning on using some of the Admech, um, the kits that are released sure. for Necromunda, yeah. um, and um, similar to what, what um, Steve Herner did for his uh, table, using those for like warpstone powered stuff. But how it's actually going to work, I've no idea yet. And it's going to be quite a steep learning curve, I think, to make it look good. But I'm going to have a go. See sure. Yeah, I think there's the good ideas there. And I think part of it, and I don't even find this is, is the case as well, Steve, there, doing terrain and boards is one of those where it's just save the photos of the things people are doing. Make a note of what kits they're using if they interest you. Make a note of what resin product they're using. Make you know, Write all this stuff down. Have a look on Pinterest at terrain ideas. So good for that also youtube woodland yeah. scenics themselves their products are quite expensive they're not cheap 
they're not designed for miniatures gamers really in all honesty um as steve says it's kind of they're more for kind of more the, the historic and kind of the railway models and things but some of their videos online are really good really good practical uses of, of their things like water effects and stuff and i used you know even how they paint rocks and things they basically do it with washers and just chuck washers on and sponge bits off and things it's stuff that i've 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 taken away so do have a look woodland scenics if you're looking at doing terrain some really good ideas and some integration there um so what i did want to yeah go on I was going to ask Steve, do, when do you when you um, come up with the idea for a design for the board? Is it at the beginning of the army, or is it towards the end, or is it sort of at, does it go together in parallel? Yeah, I, uh, so so the army will always exist in a space beyond their bases, if you like. So yeah, even if I don't ever make anything. I will ha I will have a place where they exist, um, and I think, I mean, so here's here's an example of of kind of I done some of the Egyptian pharaoh tomb kings type scenery, and for me that was great. Uh, I'd got that nail. I thought I had that nailed, um, and then. Um, through a whole bunch of story reasons, uh, last year's uh, Warhammer achievements, the Sultan, who was a skirmish army dude, who's a, a, an Arabi character that I use using from eight, so he's, he's a he's a desert dwelling um, human, if you like, and his warband. At the end of Warhammer Achievements, he the, the 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 game narrative that Steve set up is he got turned into a god. So I decided he was going to get turned into Sobek, which was the god, crocodile god from real Egyptian history. So for me, it was just like, OK, well, I'm going to make a game now of him getting killed as the god and taken back down. So that was a weekend gamer sorted with some mates. You know, come on, you got to come and take him down. But then suddenly uh, Assassin's Creed origins dropped which is it could be a game with the classic assassin's creed mechanic but it was set in ancient egypt and again i got the art book and it was just like and i watched all the playthroughs i don't dare play the games i used to play loads of games i have a choice i play computer games or i do a hobby no, and i can't funny. do both <laughs> so um so i i just leave them alone and and my budget for a computer for a computer or a budget for a console goes into into hobby but for me looking through that stuff it's just like wow wouldn't that be cool and and again just reading the art book and understanding however much they looked at um history and exact places you know and recreated them they then said actually if our character wants to look over there and see that pylon which was those big kind of archway slab side archways that they would have processionals if he if he stood here and looked at it it wouldn't look if we did actual scale it wouldn't look that impressive so actually let's double the size of it and double the size of the obelisks and by and by just manipulating proportions made it much more epic especially when you know of course our character can climb up things and stand on the top and shoot arrows so for me it was just like I want some of that on the table. I want that. So how do I do that? And again, that just comes back to some sketches and then finding some materials and you know, sourcing some trees and just saying, I need a load of palm trees. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get them off 
eBay from China because I need 60 or 80 trees of different sizes. You know, I'll just have to wait for them. And, you know, they turned up and they've been great. So I think it's um, it, it is finding those things where uh, where does that where does that army come from? Where's it going to exist? Where can I want to play it? And I have to be also be considerate where my other where my mates are going to do. You know, there's no point in me designing this magical world where everything floats on butterflies. And you know, it's like it's like well, where's your butterfly army? And they're like, yeah, I've got beast claw raiders. You know, so it's like you you've got to be that sort of two way thing. But it doesn't require me to have another player that's got desert base to play it because I'm going to play lots of people. Um, so I think I answered did, that yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. So talking about all this, so that stage, as I said, with South Coast. So I don't know about you. Obviously, I've announced that I'm, I am planning for South Coast next year. <laughs> Obviously, you're somewhat yep. unsure whether you're going yet. But have you, have you got any? initial ideas what your plans are going for that event obviously you've unveiled this awesome new army at warhammer achievements you're going to go forward with that what what your what your thoughts what your initial kind of goals so um so uh, if i go to achievements it sorry if i go to south coast gt it 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 would probably be with the um the last market Sure. with the collector um there are some challenges with that army in that i've made it so, so the, the ship itself has got a crew on board to get reference to the crew i found the ship's manifest for the beagle which was darwin ship if i get it right um and then use that as my starting point right. for all the members of the crew so they're all picked and used because they should have a role on board the ship that doesn't give me a very competitive list. And when I say not very competitive, as in oh, Warhammer achievements, I got tabled in every game and I came absolutely last. Winning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Now, obviously, I was competing for best army in the fact that the story and what I was doing was my, was my challenge to myself. And, you know, I was very fortunate and, got the players votes to say that i deserve that so that you know if you want to say i am competitive about the things i go for i think my challenge would be that at warhammer achievements that army struggled and i was playing other armies that were beat to compete at achievements which are not match play i'm, I'm gonna have to do something to that otherwise i'm gonna i'm not gonna give players games it's gonna be turned to everything's gone and it's like okay you know okay and people are yeah and that, and that's not fair because they paid the money and they want they want a couple of hours of of fun so i think for me that's my challenge so the the one thing i'm doing my next project is a little bit different and the um i'm actually going to be building custom war scrolls for the next army so the next army on paper looks just as awful right scroll wise if i match up this scroll with this scroll so I'm actually going to say, right, well, rather than this being like a Tree Lord Ancient, but not having any keywords that match, it might share some of the rules. But actually, I'm going to strip that all away. It's going to have a keyword. We can have synergies. Now, that's that's not something I can take to most events because I'm making it up. Yeah, it's literally what <laughs> but it, the environment what I play it is, in. It's making it up. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. Making it up. I'm making it up. Um, I think. I think. I think for me, I'm getting some help with the rules writing because obviously that's not my key area. Um, and but I think I think for me that's like a challenge of saying, can I write rules narratively as well as make models narratively? And, and I've got plenty of people that'd be happy to play it because I'll never I'll never do it to be like yes twos and twos minus three rent two uh, d six damage. That sounds good. Know. I love that. It's gonna be like what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe I will, but we'll agree that it has a value that is. But that's based if we're playing an objective game. You know, how how do we do it? So this. So I think I think for me, but but, but that army itself won't. You know, like I say won't go to most places, and certainly, you know, it probably goes to achievements, okay, but it probably would not go to. It, it can't sure. go to South Coast. And it couldn't go to some like Chris's event. So I think it's where my energy is going at the moment, and I just need to fix that challenge um, of making the last market work mm-hmm. for me and work for the event and the other players that are going. But yeah, so uh, go on then, spill the beans. I, you've you've sneaked a couple of little things. Yes. So about I've, your plans. I've decided, uh, and to be honest, I've I've kind of been doing this whole. Um, it was great for for Raw to kind of keep the casualties and kind of on the on the back burner and kind of keep it a bit secret. But part of me is I'm kind of done with all that now, so I'm quite happy to kind of announce what my plans are going forward. Um, so my idea is uh, for South Coast GT, and most certainly I do agree with your comments about taking on. We don't feel necessarily the most competitive. Um, I am going to be continuing with my casualties, um, and. It's great to actually think about doing an event and having the vast majority of the army done. Um, there are some changes I need to, well, improvement, shall we say, uh, that needs to be done. I need to add some additional elements to the bases. Um, so I want to get that kind of coastline uh, uh, theme across a bit more. So some of the bases have like little, I've done little starfish and kind of th- things like that, <laughs> kind of little small kind of grassy parts and so the basing is an element I need to work on. Um, I don't have to paint much more for the army because um, I probably only got to paint, I think on my list is 10 more um, Cadres and Privateers, which are the Arcanauts, um, and I'm going to do a gun hauler. Um, the idea with the gun hauler is to have it as the base kind of the same, but have two two balloons, two smaller balloons with like a little walkway between them. It's kind of the the, the transportation method on that with some nice. you know some rockets and things. Um and I'm actually going to use, I'm going to take Blackhand, and obviously Rob mentioned this on the last episode, but Blackhand I'm going to use as a, a Celestant Prime. So what I'm thinking of doing is putting him on, obviously he's going to be on a bigger base, but having it so that he's crashed down and almost having what he's crashed down into kind of create, so behind him, a, a kind of almost like a plume in a similar silhouette to kind of like the, the wings of, of a Prime. So rather than actually having wings, it will have an element on the base of something smashing up and coming up behind him, um, which kind of work on that aesthetic. Nice. And and thanks to Brad Glover, who I contacted, because I really I don't know if you've probably both seen this, but Brad Glover's got that amazing um, carriage on Skaven army. And one thing he's done yeah. on virtually all of his vehicles is he's got this um, this smoke cloud uh, effect. Um and I was really key. And I, I, I initially, because I've seen them, like you can buy them for Space Marines missile launchers when they're firing rockets, they're like resin. So I thought he was using something like that. 
turns out no he's not and he's given me the technique for making the clouds i don't want to share it on the podcast just in case he wants to keep it a little bit close to his chest because it's his secret so he's, he's kindly shared that with sure. me though so i'm going to do that for all the rocket elements so the ironclad itself that'll be built up so it'll look like it's propelling forward same with the the sky wardens which will get changed to engine riggers because again you got that balance of you know i want to make sure what i'm using is decent and sky wardens aren't you just take engine riggers they're just better don't see any other argument for it otherwise um so that's the, that's the idea with the army and i want to upscale the work on the ironclad so i want the hull to be red so i can do kind of more chipping and weathering effects i'm gonna add like um what i'm also going to do is just, it's a very cool idea from chris tomlin so my original idea and um, what i'm going to do is i'm going to have basically cloth thrown over the top of the balloon and that's going to be tied down so it adds another another element to the silhouette of the ship but what i'm going to do as well is i'm going to make that patchwork so that i can paint on so say nice. for example if i find uh, if i hammers a sigmar i can paint part of that patchwork as a hammers a sigmar army if i fight daughters of kenner so i can use elements of specifically games that i really remember or were memorable for whatever reason i can add that as a kind of a record on the army so that that's and, and, and you say you don't do narrative I, I do narrative in armies like model models and concepts i could do but it's the mechanics <laughs> of playing a game i, I don't overly get <laughs> so that's the army that's the plans for the army so that's what I'm, that's what i'm going to do now then for the display board elements i'm going to make a a town um it's going to be based quite a lot on the warcraft kind of gadgets and if you know what that is feel free to google it it'll bring come up so kind of a ra slightly ramshackle kind of walled town um and there's like I, I, I want to do like entrance like with a massive like spanner over it and trading stalls and all these things and i'm toying trying to find at the moment i found like you can get these um like for 20 quid you can get these uh, remote wired remote control cranes so you know the idea of kind of just moving stuff around and everything and have it as kind of a, a living breathing kind of port so that's the display board nice and the idea in addition to that is <laughs> i'm gonna fully dress up the this this i think it's costing money already just looking at it it's insane um so my background i used to do larp i actually you know you said you made that decision between doing um warhammer or computer games for me it was either do larp yeah. or tournaments and i went with tournaments so i used to do live action role playing back in the day uh, if you don't know what that is watch role models it's an american movie kind of conveys it pretty well so I know all the good stuff for for costumes. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna f planning to fully dress up as like a goblin trader. Um, <laughs> not quite sure whether to go for a top, kind of a, a jaunty top hat or a pirate hat yet. I'm not no. quite sure on that. Oh, that's that's got to be a top that's hat, surely. But also, what I want to do is have. Yeah. Um, so part of what I'm doing at the event is I want to I'm gonna build a stall, like a market stall as well which will be something I'll construct when I get there. So the idea is I'll be my goblin trader. At the end of my table will be my, my stool, and it will literally be a wooden constructed, like slightly ramshackle stool with all this myriad of crazy stuff on there that you can eat and drink. And then our hands, I'll kind of, I'll trade people for stuff over the weekend and I'll give them currency that I've, that I've created so they can then buy stuff from the stool. Or we can trade, we can barter um but also i have all i'm also planning to have like a big coat on like think kind of if you think kind of um a pirates of the caribbean shrunk 
um, in regards to a lot of the costume. So they have this massive coat on, but the idea is that inside the coat, there's going to be all this extra special stuff. So I could just like, flash people and go, oh, just some of the special stuff. Um, but, but there's an element yeah. in Warcraft where there's... Um, there's a particular goblin, uh, I think he's a troll trader, actually, and he has loads of, like, really basic equipment. It's all crap, but he's named it, like, like Riznak's special finding necklace, guaranteed to find you epic loot when you're raiding. And that's what it says when you put it on. It does fuck all. It's just a scam. You know, it's like magical yeah. golden rock. It's just a rock that's painted gold. It doesn't do anything. Um, so that's kind of the idea that I want to go behind that. So the display board is to fit on the stall, and I want to frame it in such a way. You know, you're in like bus shelters. Um, it kind of says, come and visit, you know, come and visit Australia. And it's got people, photos of people on like surfboards and stuff. I want it to be an advert that says, come and visit Kajitzan. And that's the photo. And then the display board is the photo. So. Yeah, it's all out there. That's all my ideas. Whether I get that all done or not, whole different <laughs> kettle of fish. But because yeah. the, the army's there, I feel like it's doable. Um, the cosplay, I think, is probably yeah. the hardest bit, just because of the cost. Um, but hopefully, I can kind of get over some of it. <laughs> That's the plan. Uh, no, it sounds great. And I, I, again, you, I think for me, the, you're expanding on the story of the models so it's all absolutely valid in the storytelling and i love it that it's interacting with players so players you play with you're swapping stuff with you know i'm sure there might be some uh, laser cut trinkets yeah. maybe well also on what the I want to do because um talking about the the town itself i've actually bought the orc mech town box it came out for 40k there's some brilliant bits in there i love the fact oh, that right, the little yeah. hobby i don't know if you've seen this it's like a little mech tool desk and there's a mold line cleaner on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't good. want yeah. it to be, I don't want it to be um, key, if that makes sense, but I want to use certain elements. So I'll, I'll make plates and armor and structures I can use. I fortunately, I've got a laser engraver, so I can make that out of MDF myself. Have you seen the Forge World display, the Orcs versus, I think it's the Imperium? Um, it's like a, that's quite um it sounds like what you describe into like the ramshackle yeah. nature of like a orc um yeah settlement um the way they've it's quite interesting it's in one of the forge world masterclass books how we made it um with a lot of ideas of how the buildings are done and you can see like they before it's painted you get a much better sense of how it's actually yeah. put together what materials they used but that's interesting yeah. if you haven't I'll seen it before i might give you some ideas but what i want to do is that you know as i said because i'm using like the mech boy box i don't want it to be i don't want it to look like an orc town and it's going to be a really hard thing to do mm. so i'm going to base it you know that there's going to be elements of you know more of a almost modern structure so you know it's it's almost like it's there it's almost like they're taking it over almost so it was a port it maybe it was caradron beforehand and then they've come over and taken it over so i want these solid kind of square buildings um mostly the structures there but they've just been built on and improved uh, as the uh, as, as my gadgets and goblins would say um <laughs> that's the idea anyway and i've got all the crew and everything from the ironclads and all the different ships so i can place them around as uh, uh, as traders and stalls but yeah that's my plan for south coast gt coolest army for next year that sounds great and i think for me that uh 
the, the detail it's about having a consistent level of detail yeah <laughs> if that makes sense the, the it, it doesn't have to be micro but the fact that you know the, the color of the wood of your market store i'm sure will probably be the same color of the wood this is in the market store that or market area that's on the the, the town area you know it's it's, it's so it's that attention to detail that and to be fair you know um winning army um winning armies that are based on the fact that you know you've got those color choices that are consistent or the contrasts are right in the same places it's just taking that same approach and applying it to bigger things like a town and then one-to-one scale things like yeah. yourself and that's it i want to get I, you know it's that's almost where the tricky bits come in because um, my my gadget Zan, um, all of the um, all of the pants on all my pirates are painted either blue and white stripes or red and brown stripes. So as far as every single model has that, other than the admiral who has metal pants for some reason, um, I need to replicate that in my my costume in real life. So I'm going to have <laughs> to have those pants somehow. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I, th- I think so. So this is an interesting thought then that actually sometimes I have projects where that logic I try and follow that through with you know even if I don't make pirate pants, but even if I go through that logic in my own mind, sometimes I do get to a point with a project where I get stuck yeah. and it's like it's like I like that army idea, but. There's just no way that a display board would work with it, or there's there's no way it would fit with any of the scenery that I've got, or how would I then? And for me, that then becomes what could be, you know, a, a completely legitimate army and would look nice and that'd be interesting. But because I can't take it there without silly budgets or huge amounts of time or having to, you know, 3D print my own heads for everything, then then there's like Okay, for me that's a no go. That has to get shelved, gets put put away until something changes. That means it can work. Yeah. Do you find the same uh, thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Without, with absolutely without a doubt. I mean, going back to the pants idea, that is my intention as of the thirteenth of November, twenty eighteen. Ask me seven days before the event, and I haven't ordered the pants yet or managed to find them. What I'm going to be wearing, my opinion is probably going to change. I'm probably going to be wearing just some trousers that i find you know it's all best play laid plans and that but i know i won't be 100 percent happy with it just just no pants at all just spray your legs green legs <laughs> but i'm i'm literally thinking cause i've never worn contacts and stuff before i'm literally thinking of doing like the getting the yellow tinted contacts and things it's Wow. I, want, I want to go yeah, full yeah. on, but also at the same time, I want the costume to be comfortable because it is the height of summer. Um, South Coast always has been; it's always very warm, so I want to make sure it is something I can I yeah. can wear for both days. Um, also, I'm going to be green, so I I found what you should wear as trousers. Right, okay. Matt. You need to you need to search for bananas in pajamas. <laughs> okay. And I'm fairly sure those trousers would I feel like I'm probably going to have to. Oh, actually, saying that, and the carriage runners will have that. They have metal crotches, don't they? So I'm going to have to get like a metal metal plate or some silver silver fabric to make myself a metal crotch. See, this is the problem. You, you solve you, one you, solution you, and you, just another you, one appears. You, 
it's, it's quite um, impressive the way you're pretending you haven't got one of those yeah, already. No, I haven't got a metal crotch button lying up. Oh, shit, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Um, but yeah, that, that's the other factor is making sure what it is. I, I want to make sure it's comfortable. Um, so, for example, I've got a one of my costumes that I have that I break out on special occasions is my, for any of those who's watched the classic 80s action movie Commando, um, the bad guy in it. Bennett is one of my favourite worst bad guys ever. Um, he's actually more threatening now as an old man than he was back because he looked basically a fat Freddie Mercury. <laughs> um, but I ordered so s- silly thing. So I ordered. Um, he's got bike bi- bi- uh, biker gloves on. Um, I ordered the set that I thought looked close to the one in the movie and then ironically when i got them it annoys me still to this day that they had almost exactly the same gloves basically they had little metal studs along the knuckles and i didn't order those and it still bugs me that i've got the wrong gloves so <laughs> i'm hoping i mean i'm not going to go and like pierce my ears and stuff for the for the uh, for the for the costume that, that's not going to happen but but anyway yeah also i may have to practice doing a goblin voice we'll have to see it, it it makes it makes a difference mm. it makes a I difference don't, i don't it's... Know I've got the voice for it that's the problem uh, the warcraft goblins are very the is... very good they're very they're very goblin-y but they're very modern right okay and they say things like yeah no Time's i mean i think for me that's... see i have to do that i don't go i don't go high pitch <laughs> <laughs> just me stood there in the corner going time's money friend don't know <laughs> Sounds a, bit, sounds a bit weird. Yeah. Sounds a bit. Everything else is fine though. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm gonna have to. Do, I'm gonna have to do the voice now, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I think. Yes, I think for me, you know, you're looking to challenge yourself to achieve something, but actually, people around you are gonna have a laugh. They're gonna join in, or they're just gonna go, "Wow, that that's possible." Mm. And I think, you know, that's that works for everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think it's, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's entertaining. But actually, for me, as much as anything, it's it's it's, it's rocking up on the door that morning going. Ta-da! Right. Yeah, I think I've got it. I think I've got this is all these mad ideas. They've all come together and this is it. And let's go and have some fun with it. Yeah, I think that's definitely. I'm actually reading the quotes while you were talking there. I think I might have to do the voice now because I'm really there's really good <laughs> quotes here. I love it. <sighs> so yeah, I'm doing a voice now. Good costume and voice, brilliant. Yeah, might have to practice it yep. at Manfest yep. this weekend. <laughs> right, any any parting comments before we we sail off into the the mental crazy South Coast? coolest night as i am going to be planning i'm actually going to be drawing after steve's comments today i'm going to be drawing the design for my market stall and i might plan it with some paper oh, yeah very professional yeah uh, i'm hoping when i get the wood and put it together it doesn't just collapse on me and kill me that would be an unfortunate way to go <laughs> local man dies while trying to replicate goblin market stall shoddily won't be a good headline <laughs> Yeah. In the local newspaper. Yeah. Local. He wouldn't go more than local. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Yep. Any, yeah. no, any, brilliant. any parting shots? No, brilliant. Thanks yeah. for having on. Be having on. I, I listened to the show, so it's great to be to be part of it and give a bit right. back. And um, very well. Yeah, I think. I, yeah. I, I think for me, you, you guys are a, a very different voice from lots of the other things that you can pick up. 
the background stories, the, the tournament news, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's important that the, the, the shows are different. You know, there's something to listen to and you can pick and choose the ones to listen to. So, yeah, keep yeah, it up. Thank you. Cheers. Well, Thanks, interesting Steve. note, one of our least popular shows is our um, – we kind of did a hobby focus on Deepkin when they came out. So just goes to show, fuck that. Let's not bother. <laughs> <laughs> ramble on about the usual shit and Rob trying to give people strokes and yeah fantastic yeah. Bellacore updates. updates everyone loves it. people message me going how's Rob getting on with Bellacore I've not seen it in a while because I've got Rob you do it push multiple prayers out people love it um, quite understandably um, yeah so yeah thanks for coming on um, next episode will be um, a, a normal episode hopefully with a catch up uh, with a few of us we don't I don't actually have any more tournaments until next year so I think it's going to be quite I feel like this is a good time of year to get some hobby done though I don't know if you guys feel the same but it's kind of you know you, you've got these it's darker at night you're probably less likely to go out and Christmas is coming up so time off work hurrah yeah yeah definitely yeah it's a good time to um, do lots now and plan next year's stuff as well. Exactly that, which will be yeah. Yeah. daughters, costumes, market stores and green paint for me. Brilliant. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. It's been, it's been really <laughs> Thank good. Thank you. And um, yeah, I, I, I did mention, well, I did mention a previous episode, but we've got um, the, the new album for uh, Gunship is is out now, uh, Dark All Day, which I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with. Um, I've also become slightly obsessed with another group called The Midnight. So we may well be hearing some uh, some tracks from them soon. So keep an eye out for those eye out, fucking ear out at the end of the episode. Uh, but it will be Gunship now because Gunship are awesome. But we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Cheers, guys. Survivor